0: Welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, my dear. Happy Wednesday. Today, I want to have a conversation that has been coming up a lot with folks in various areas of my life, whether that is Owners of my Elegant Excellence Goals Journal that I came out with back in January, or members of my Elegant Excellence Mastermind who are fellow entrepreneurs, uh, Corona Brides who have been sending me DMs asking for advice. Those are women who had their weddings planned for this year that are being paused or delayed or rescheduled and they're trying to decide. Uh, My fellow New Yorkers who are outside of the city trying to decide when to go home and what is it going to be like? And it all comes down to the fact that this year in particular, we had big and beautiful visions for our 2020 on January 1. This was a new decade, a new season. So many of us had fresh energy and inspiration for what this year and this decade was to hold. And then before quarter one was even over, they had completely changed and come crashing down with this global pandemic. And we don't know when this will be over, quote unquote, what exactly that even means, what normal looks or feels like which freedom and choices we do or don't have. And so in this season, what many of us are experiencing is that making plans feels exhausting and yet Without them, we are aimless and disorganized and unfulfilled with what we're making happen. I know for it myself, I just didn't even have a rhythm and a weekly routine when this first started. I was just sort of wandering aimlessly through my days and that was not actually making me feel any better for a brief season maybe. But eventually I was just like, I just, yeah, without this structure, I don't feel great. I'm not feeling super happy in this. But trying to make plans comes with anxiety and overwhelm about where do I begin? Like at what point can I start planning? What is certain? What can I guarantee? There are so many question marks that I feel paralyzed at the number of possibilities that I'm having to run through in my head to just move forward in something simple and basic. So today I'm going to walk us through seven steps that I think will be really helpful in considering this present moment, being peaceful in it, feeling productive in it, feeling hopeful in it, giving ourselves grace in it. And before I do, I want to tell you about two resources in addition that I have to help you. The first is that Elegant Excellence Goals Journal that I mentioned. We were slated to have a second round of that come out for July through December. It's a six-month journal and it'll release every six months. Due to coronavirus, at the time that we had to make the decision on do we go ahead and print, there were so many factors that we weren't in control of and we didn't have the answers of. Were our printers going to have to shut down? Was there going to be a shelter at home order and they were not going to be able to Actually print them. If they did stay open, were they going to be printing emergency, you know, front, first responder type things and therefore would our order get pushed? And it just felt like there was so much uncertainty we couldn't guarantee with how early we had to make the call that we were actually going to get the journal and people were going to get it in a timely manner. And we didn't want it to be delayed because the beginning of the process really is an important part of it. So we made the challenging decision to not print this next round. Right after we made that decision, though, we had a rather serendipitous discovery that we had a miscommunication with our fulfillment center and they actually found some crates of our January to June journals that had not been reported. And we thought we were sold out of them and we actually found out that they had some. So we have put those up on our site, Yes, they have the wrong date uh, on them. You will see each week it says, okay, this would be for February 11th and now it's going to be for August something. So you can take your pen out and you can cross over those and rewrite them. But we had received so many messages from people saying, will you pretty please print them? We didn't feel that we were able to do that in integrity in the way that we wanted to. But for those folks who want them the most, whether you are already have one and you're a repeat customer or this is your first time getting one, we do have an incredibly limited stock and I will link those below if there are any still available when you hear this podcast. And number two is I have a new course that I've mentioned a couple times on this podcast and maybe a couple times on Instagram stories, but that's about it. But I've dropped a couple hints that I am creating my first course in, I believe it is four or five years. And it is for entrepreneurs or those who are aspiring or considering entrepreneurship I will put a link below for the waiting list on that, and I won't say too much about it, but it is for people who want to be making more income, whether that is full-time as an entrepreneur or on the side, and you want to do it more quickly and simply. This isn't, I don't mean thats like a, it's a get-rich-quick scheme. I just mean it is creating a step-by-step that handles most of the overwhelm and confusion that I hear from people as to why they aren't starting, or they've barely grown, or they've had an idea, but they haven't made it happen. So it is a really very special offer at this time as well and while this is a course that I actually had planned already that was coming up this year I sped it up and we've put it together with a really very special offer because of this current climate to just absolutely help as many people as we possibly can so you can opt in for that wait list below check your spam make sure that we aren't ended up in there if we are move it over to your inbox anytime I email make sure you're seeing my posts on Instagram that I'm popping up in your feed and your stories as I'll be sharing about it over there as well. I just really want to make sure that you don't miss this window that we open it up for. So if you do have the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal already and you want to open it up as we go through today, that might be helpful to you or you can listen with it in mind to look through afterwards. I won't be referencing any specific page numbers. If you do not have an Elegant Excellence Goals Journal yet, I will explain everything. You will not be lost. But the journal owners just did all of this at the top of the year, so they have pages and notes and journal entries and plans to look back on and build upon. And uh, that's why we want to sell everyone that we've been able to find in the warehouse so that more of you have this to do for the second half of 2020. Because friend, there is so much of this year left, and I know I can get myself rather caught up in the present moment of what is happening right now. But let's make sure that we don't just consider this whole year a wash because everything just bled into it was a whole year of coronavirus. I think ultimately we will regret that. That's one of my own questions for myself is what will I regret in this season? Not from a bad way, actually from an empowering way. And we'll get to that question at the end. But question number one is consider what you've discovered about what's important to you in this time. Consider what you've discovered about what's important to you in this time. As we have been sheltering at home, let's say, and unable to do a lot of things, what have we noticed that we really are yearning for? We are missing. We are loving. We are loathing. And notice, is it only because you can't have it? Because I think there's a lot of things that as soon as we can't do it, we really want to be able to, right? It's just this human nature. We want to have freedom. We want to have choice. So I think it's having the maturity to really notice. It's not just because I can't do it. It's because it actually really is important to me. So let's look at things like where you live, for example. I've heard from people, man, I really realize in this time that Outdoor space is so important to me, or my view. I had a girl say my last apartment had a a view where I could see the sunset, and my new apartment looks at a wall. And I just didn't notice how much I would miss that. And now that I can leave my apartment so rarely, I am just desperately missing being able to see the sunset. That's something that if she weren't in quarantine, she could leave her apartment to go and do. But I said to her, Notice, if you could go do it at night, would you be okay with this or is this actually something that you've learned about yourself? The view from my my bedroom window or my my home window, it really does matter to me. I, I, I if I ever broke my leg and couldn't leave the house for a few weeks, I would be in the same position if I just had a cold or a flu. This is what I know that is really important to me is where you live in proximity to family important? During this time, have you realized that it is more upsetting to you that you live further away or you are so grateful that you do live close? Is it an inspiring interior? Are you spending more time inside your home and you're realizing, actually, it was that I went to restaurants and that I traveled and I wasn't home very often, and I am going to go back to those things? But actually, I'm realizing I just haven't put the time or the money investment into my physical space. And actually, that matters to me more. Even if once we go out of shelter in place, I'm not here as much, I think that I can see for years to come, it's going to bring me more joy to put more time and resources into that. I think I've realized that having inspiring places to take walks matter. We've moved between two Airbnbs here and a little tiny shift We moved into a a less nice neighborhood with our second Airbnb. And I realize now, I just took for granted that the first one was nicer. It wasn't swanky. It was just nicer. And I realize, oh, okay, if I was actually moving into a house... I go for walks all the time and I actually realize now I used to do that a lot more in my old apartment. Now that I live in a high rise, I don't because I have to get in the elevator and it's a whole thing, but I'm like, actually, you know what? I've always been someone who goes for a lot of walks until I moved into an elevator building. So let me remember that about myself. If I'm going to be in a home where I can walk out the front door easily, I go for lots of walks. And by lots of walks, I literally mean I'll walk around the block while I'm on a phone call. Like I'll just take a quick loop around the block. And I never I never noticed that about myself, just how often I did that. And now if I was ever getting an Airbnb again for months for some reason, if I was gonna go live, some, live remotely someplace, I would do a Google Maps search and I would really look at the neighborhood. And I honestly only discovered that about myself a few weeks ago when we moved into this Airbnb. So what is it about where you live that you've realized this really does matter to me. Who you see and talk to. Do you actually only talk to a few people and you're kind of okay with that? Do you maybe need less relationships than you realize? Less friendships, less big of a social circle? Maybe you've realized, you know, when, when friends call, do you answer the phone or are you still screening the calls? You you have you, Maybe you have less things to do. Again, our audience is about 50-50. Half of you have more time, half of you have less time. So what is it that's coming up for you in that? Are you noticing if you have more time, are friends asking to schedule a Zoom and you're still not wanting to schedule it? Maybe that just means you really don't like to be scheduled and it wasn't because you were so busy before and it wasn't because you had all of the work travel. Maybe you just are someone who likes more spontaneity, whatever it is. What are you learning about who you see and talk to and how? What activities bring you joy and why? We talked about this in the style episode that I'll link below. Towards the end, I had this aha, thanks to a brilliant question from one of you, realizing that it's this sense of buzz That so brings me joy. And because New York is so buzzy, I don't even have to leave the house that often, but I get it. Because I get that buzz outside my window and from my balcony. I don't have to run all over and go to all the coolest restaurant openings or whatever. I just get that buzz. And I'm really missing that here, that I get an energy from travel, that I'm inspired by aesthetics. I've really pondered what is it that brings me joy, the things that I would do if I could go anywhere in the world and do anything. Why would I do those things? What am I truly missing in this moment? And how do you spend your time? Do you Have you discovered that alone time is more important for you than you realize? You just got it naturally. You got it on your commute so you didn't think about it being important. And now you're working from home and you're thinking I'm actually loving working from home, but oh my gosh, the amount of time I'm spending with my partner is driving me batty. Okay, I need alone time. It just it doesn't have to be in a commute. I need I can add in a weekly walk if that's available for me in my country. I know I've heard from some of you that you can't even take walks in your countries. We are not all going through the exact same experience. Maybe you are realizing, yes, you wanted kids. No, you did not want this much time uh, with them. And you are grateful to go back to, um, yes, I, I, Felt guilty that I was that busy working mom, but I have tried this stay-at-home mom thing. And no, it does not bring me joy. I am definitely a better mom when I am working, so I'm going to stop that mom guilt going forward because that allows me to show up better for them on weekends. Or maybe you realized you love spending all this time with your kids. Maybe you're like, actually, I kind of think I want them to homeschool. If I could just get a nanny in here, if I could just delegate some more of this stuff in my business, whatever it is, but what have you discovered about how you spend your time? Question number two, after... Discovering what what is important to you that you have learned through this uh, opportunity or cost of staying at home more often. Number two is revisit your 10 and 3-year goals. So if you have the Elegant Excellence Journal, we have exercises where we walk through our 10-year goals and our 3-year goals. But if you're someone that doesn't have that written down, we still have those dreams. You have vague ideas of where it is that you're heading or you can pull out a piece of paper and you can journal about where you want to be in 10 years and 3 years. Because we haven't lost the future. Aside from rare cases, the coronavirus pandemic was a bump and not a dead end. Some of you may have chosen a detour. I've heard from Women that have said, I realize I do not want to be in this job anymore. I don't want to be in this career. I don't want to have to commute an hour back to work anymore. So maybe your three year goals look different because you've intentionally rerouted. Maybe the picture entirely has shifted due to this. Maybe there really are some incredible losses. You may have lost your business in the season. You may see that you don't believe your industry is ever coming back. You know, some people have really made major shifts of my three years look completely different. I I don't think my life, my industry, my work, whatever it is, is going back after this. Or maybe it is the same. This is just a bump. And I think that's the case for the majority that this, this is a bump. It's an inconvenience. But if I asked you, what do you want in three years? It really wouldn't have shifted that much, specifically 10 years. It wouldn't have shifted that much. So we want to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to get totally derailed, that we don't lose all sense of hope or we start wildly pivoting or we start making major changes in our lives and who we are. Because of this temporary season and being too short-sighted, that we focus on all right, three years, 10 years, where am I gonna be? Do I still want this a similar life? Am I still a a similar kind of person? So we zoom out to those three 10-year and three-year goals. And then number three, we adjust our one-year goals. Because the three-year goals may not have shifted except in those more extreme cases. You lost a business. In the case of my colleague, Amanda's husband, you lost your leg due to coronavirus. I have friends that are, are leaving their city. They are moving because of this. So for some people, the three-year game plan really has shifted. But for the majority, the three-year hasn't shifted, but almost everyone's one year has. The plans you had on January 1 for what you wanted to have made happen on December 31 have very likely and largely perhaps shifted. I was going to have completed a book, and I actually still plan to have completed the book, but it was really heavily going to be in quarter two, and instead, I just found I am in this weird, anxious, bizarre headspace. This is not at all the the vibe that I was going for when I went down to Mexico to escape and write this book, and when I built this beautiful home in New York that's so inspiring. I'm just like hiding out at a safe house in the desert. Nothing about this <laughs> makes me want to tap into writing this book about exploring what makes women feel beautiful. However, I'm feeling really inspired and driven to create this new program, this new product that I had slated for quarter 4. But all of a sudden, it just feels like the energy is right and inspiration's right and it's tied into the conversations that I'm having. And also, I'm less productive to just be completely honest. I've been, I spent the first two months of this less productive, just spending less hours a day working, less able to focus, more anxious, more emotional. So, no, I'm probably not going to be crushing my goals on December 31 if I launched into this year having all these jam packed expectations for this incredibly brilliant year. Instead, I've spent a lot more time on social media with you, actually, but it's felt Life giving and connecting, and we've just had conversations that we'll only have in this season. And the way that there are some of you that were here back when I went on sabbatical four years ago and I was on Snapchat, I'll hear from some of you that are like, Oh my gosh, I was that sabbatical Snapchat crew. Like we had a whole separate experience, you and I. And then there was the Periscope crew when I would do my hair and makeup all the time while I would be teaching these off the cuff classes on Periscope. And I'll meet you sometimes when I speak, and you'll be like, I've been here since the Periscope days. I mean, now we're going to have the, the pandemic days. You know, I was with you on Instagram stories during that season and oh, girl, we were going through all those same experiences and you just put language to so much of what I was going through. So no, that wasn't on my plan for the, my one year was I'm going to go through a few months where I just have this really beautiful, deep experience that years from now in line to have me sign your book, you're going to be telling me. Oh my gosh, I was there during the pandemic times. So almost everyone's one year has shifted in some ways. And what I want us to consider is what can we adjust instead of cancel? Because you'll see in my story, I didn't have to completely write off, well, the book's not done, not happening. I mean, just this was the year of the book and just pandemic totally knocked that out. Now, the, the book and the program just flipped. I just adjusted. Okay, instead of quarter two, it's going to be more quarter three. Instead of quarter four, more quarter two. Um, I had some other course edits that got delayed. Some other stuff I was going to do in quarter two that sort of got pushed to be like, well, it's important, but I actually think this new course is more important. So, what can we think of as shifts instead of just completely throwing our hands up in the air and saying, "Oh, well, that was just that was just a wash. That was just a waste." and say, well, maybe it's just, you know, it's not going to get done quite as soon as I thought, or something else is going to take precedence, or I'm only going to get 50% of the way there. I think it's the different energy of feeling so hopeless that we put the black Sharpie marker down and just give up on the vision, or we continue to paint with watercolors. So this Sharpie versus watercolor is imagery that I used for years when I was talking about goal setting and it didn't end up making it into the Elegant Excellence Journal, but it's to me this really lovely metaphor of how we want to cast vision for our lives, but we want to do it with openness. And I think so often what gets in the way for people and disengages them in goal setting and vision casting and specifically as fellow entrepreneurs that we make all these plans. And goodness, if I could show you guys the um, the the journals I had in the beginning, I mean, I'd have my entire month, uh, entire year planned out. How much I was going to grow my Instagram, how much I was going to grow my email list, all these numbers, all these metrics. And two weeks later, they were all outdated and I was off track. And I just realized these are wasted hours. I am spending days trying to meticulously plan out my year with a Sharpie. And two weeks later... It's off course. So I learned instead to think about my visions as more like watercolors. It's not that I stop dreaming and planning and casting that vision and having those hopes. We just loosen our grip a little bit. We get a little less attached to exactly what the outcome is. Instead of I'm going to hit this amount of Instagram followers. Why do we want those Instagram followers? Well, we want to have more of an impact. We want to be able to help more people okay, well, we can keep having impact and helping more people, whether we've doubled our Instagram following in those next six months or not. So we go back to that three-year vision. Is everything lost because of coronavirus? No. Likely, no. Okay, so we're going to get there. We're going to get that three-year vision. We just have some parts that we can't see from here to there. And back in January we had a little more confidence that we were clear on what the path looked like. And you know what the secret is? We probably weren't more clear. We just thought we were. And that made us feel comfortable. That made us feel good that we're like, yeah, I, I, I kind of got a plan for the next three years. I'm pretty good. And now we realize like, oh, like, oh, no, I, I yeah, I don't got a plan. <laughs> got no idea what's happened in six months, Hillary. So we don't have that. But we never did. These things could have happened at any time. It's just happening to all of us and it feels more of an affront and more disorienting. But we've always had the vision of three years and we can make that happen and we can get there. Step four is to make plans B and C. Make plans B and C. This step, this thought, this intention is new for me. This is not in the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. Because in normal life, normal non-pandemic life, (laughs) this many options I think would be exhausting. If we tried to come up with options A, B, C, and D for everything we were trying to decide in our lives, it would spend so much time trying to come up with all the possible options that we would just have less energy to just pick one and move forward and see. And I think it would make a lot of us go with one foot into plan A. Like, well, I got so many options. I don't want to fully commit because what happened? So let me just dip my toe in this business or this product or this life thing over here. And that's not a productive way to move forward. If you are a fellow entrepreneur, if you are in my Elegant Excellence Mastermind, you will hear me say all the time, we just got to test and see. We can go round and round on which option is best and what do we think is going to do better and we simply have to choose and see and then we move forward with that information. And so too it is in life. So we just got to make the call. We just got to fully commit to the relationship and see how it goes rather than trying to, you know, date three guys simultaneously, right? Eventually we just have to make a decision and go for it. This concept of having a plan B and C, it's what we do when we have to do it. It's not the way we normally want to operate. It's something that we say, I'll have a plan B and C when I really got to have a plan B and C. Well, many of us are there, so to speak. We got to have that plan B and C. I think about my Corona brides who I mentioned at the top. My heart's just ache for you. I, Jeremy and I have said so many times that one of our many things that we say we are gra- grateful for in this season – Oh my goodness, we're so blessed that we are not planning a wedding in this season. We are so blessed that we are not trying to expand our family in this season. Uh, We know for a lot of people, IVF and infertility, there's some people in our life that that's very dear to. And they're just, those are some life seasons that we're not in this year in 2020. And yet we can see we have been there in the past or we might be there in the future, who knows? So let's use the example of the Corona Bride. Your plan A was your wedding was in June. And when this first started in March, you were like, I don't know. Do we shift? Do we not shift? Do we shift? Do we not shift? And it consumed your thoughts probably all day, every day. And it was March and it was April and it's May. And it's like, at what point do we make the decision and and where do we go from here? So plan B was or is we, we reschedule for December. We bump it six months. And we were going to get married on the 10th, and now we're going to get married on the 10th, and we just bump it six months. But we know with plan B, it still could get canceled. We still feel up in the air that we don't think that there's probably going to be a vaccine at that point. So are people going to feel okay getting on planes? And then they say maybe it's going to come again in the winter, and I don't know. What if we go through all of this and it gets canceled? So we also come up with plan C. When we say, all right, plan C is our wedding will be the following June and we will elope in December if it comes to that. So my advice would be that you ask yourself when we have, that's just a wedding example, but whatever you have in your life when you're saying, okay, we do is it this or this or this? My advice is we ask ourselves, what choices can I make that let both B and C stay options? Can I, how can I keep my options open without driving myself crazy that I'm investing so much time and energy and money and mental resource into B or C, B or C, B or C? Because we're in a season where we don't know yet. And if we normally, I would say to you, if this was not coronavirus and you were coming to me about a business decision, I would say, friend, I need you to pick one and it's the only way you're going to know. But in this unique season, I would say as long as you can keep your options open for, I think that's going to be the more graceful way to go about this because we just don't know. You're waiting on outside factors and and they they will change. They, they're, they're going to change. This isn't – if you spend six more months analyzing, should I do a webinar or should I do a three-part video series? Yeah, you're probably not going to have more info. You're going to have way more info if you just pick one. But in this case – if you wait a few more months to actually make the decision about the date, you may, in fact, have more information. So, if you can keep it open, do so. Can you put contingency plans into your contracts that you're going to resign this, but you make sure in resigning, they said, like, we'll give anyone, we'll let anyone reschedule their date okay, well, let's make sure before we commit to that date, does it also say in there, we can indeed again reschedule again at this venue? Can you only book the biggest vendors? Instead of going through every single thing that you had planned and rescheduling everything, can you just start with, out of these 20 vendors that we had booked, who are the five that are the most important? They're the most key to the day. They're the hardest to book. They're the whatever. Can we just deal with those ones instead of all of it? Can we let go of a lot of details, which... Friends, I have not done a podcast on my wedding uh, advice from my weddings, which is a story for another day, but I'll tell you what I've told one of my girlfriends who uh, thinks she may be planning a wedding very soon. Less details. So many less details. I know Pinterest has all the details. All the beautiful wedding blogs like mine have all the details. Girl, you need so many less details. The details are exhausting and they don't matter. As many of them as you can let go, skip the paper invitations. I, I, I actually joined a Corona Brides Facebook group. I know this sounds weird, but I just, I wanted to know what questions women were struggling with during this time. And so I just got in there to be like, what is it that women are struggling with? And it was things like, should I reorder my paper invitations? And I just wanted to say, like, friends, skip the paper invitations. If you want to order one beautiful one to put in some wedding album, do it. But nobody else cares about your paper invitations. That is a thing you can skip. You can make it a, a virtual invite. Someone said, I had all these monogrammed things. I really want my wedding album, with my guest book to have the date embossed on the front. Yeah, let that go. That was an idea, but you'll have a new idea. I'm not saying like, oh, but I just wanted it for so long. Friend, I guarantee you there's so many beautiful guest book ideas. You're going to come up with something else. That's just the first one you came up with, but you can let that go. Dream up some elopement ideas so that you're already kind of prepping your headspace for, okay, If this gets canceled again in December and we push it back to June, we're going with option C, in which case, like Hillary and Jeremy, we're going to have an elopement day and we're going to have a family wedding day. So I'm just going to start to think through what would some options be? If we've canceled it in December, that probably means people aren't getting on flights. That probably means we don't have a vaccine. So where could we go? What would feel special to us? Let me just start to daydream about that now and get a little more comfortable with that idea because maybe initially I'm like, no, but it would take away from the day and it would this and that. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. Just start to daydream about it. Just start to give yourself a little bit of space to consider the idea. And ultimately, I really want to encourage you on this, to limit yourself to X amount of hours a day or a week in planning and discussing. Again, it's a conversation for another day, but oh man, our wedding season was hard and I wish that I'd had a big sister friend to help me navigate it sooner, uh, navigate it better. But we spent way too much time planning our wedding and it was exhausting. We have never been less happy in our relationship as a couple than we were wedding planning. So for those people who are feeling exhausted in this season, and again, insert whatever it is for you. The waffling back and forth between the options is exhausting. And I know this for myself because Jeremy and I are in this season in being away. Ever since this first started, early March, before this all even started to break out, my mind started to go to... You know, if things started to get kind of bad in New York, I wonder if we would just stay in Mexico for longer. And then it became, and there it went. Plan A was we stay in Mexico for a couple weeks, then a couple months. Then plan B was we come to Phoenix for three weeks. Now it's 10 weeks. Like plan C, now we're on is okay, we think we have an idea of what we're doing next and we have a return date to New York. But we simultaneously have plan D. We haven't booked any of the options in plan C unless they were cancelable because we still want to stay open because we know that things could really change in a few weeks. We might feel differently a month from now. So we initially, I mostly initially have done deep dive days of research looking at all of the options exhaustively and journaling through them and talking through them. But then eventually... Our lives just became exhausting talking about this nonstop. And it's not how we wanted to live our lives. It wasn't making us happy. And so we've really had to limit our conversations to say, okay, babe, and it's always me bringing it up, by the way. Okay, babe, so I read two new news articles today, made me a little concerned about going back to New York. Here's what one said. Here's what the other said. So let's remind ourselves why we've chosen what we have right now. Why plan C is our plan and also the options that we have. We always can change our mind to plan D. Okay, great. Good talk. (laughs) Just like really reining it back in. But we've realized we could just spend all day every day overanalyzing what our options are Beavers, seever steve and i think we can be doing this about what we're going to do with our kids over the summer if they aren't in school what we're going to do about our travel plans this uh, event that we have scheduled in the fall what are we going to do about it what about our business what about if this product sells what if it doesn't what if what if this opens up what if it doesn't i think we all have so many options and it's saying to ourselves let me entertain multiple options give them enough airtime that I feel comfortable with multiple options that are happening and then try to give them less airtime to say, you know, I don't know until I know. And if now is not the day to really make the decision, if it's not now, then let me go ahead and live my life and not continue waffling back and forth on this. Number five of seven is to draw a new path. So the path is an exercise that's in the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. And it's about saying, here's my six-month-ish goal, let's say. Here's this thing that I am working towards. And I'm simply going to walk backwards with what are the major stepping stones that get me there. I'm going to gain clarity about the order of my priorities and what my priorities are to say if this is the number one thing that I want to make happen. If I want to make sure I have my book complete by the end of the year, then what are the major things as I walk backwards? And it just helps us simplify rather than making it this huge project. We're like, okay, that's where I want to end up. Here's a few things that I'm going to end up doing before then that are going to get me there. And it also helps us to notice priorities that aren't pointing to that big main goal. We start to realize, whoa, I actually have three really huge goals this year. Okay, well, between all of those, what is my main one? Because I would rather accomplish one than none. So it kind of gives us a little bit of a structure. But we know that this exercise of the wand, if you have it in the journal and you're used to doing it, we know this one is going to have more watercolors than usual. And just like with those options, we want to self-coach ourselves to stay more open. We talked about self-coaching in the wand episode that I will link below about how to make yourself feel better in five minutes. That we want to self-coach ourselves to stay open and not get too attached We want to be able to do our best with the shifts that come. And maybe not expect, as we did going into this year, that this is going to be our most powerful season yet. Our best year ever. Maybe we're going to make a new metric. I'll also link below the episode on Royal Mindset that I kicked off January 1 with. That was one of my most popular episodes that y'all loved. And it still very much informs the way I'm approaching this year. Like, what would this year look like if... If it feels really graceful, if this was a really grace-filled year for you, what would that look like? Maybe that wasn't the goal in January, but now that we've been throwing all these curveballs, maybe that's the new way that we look at it. In six months, at the end of the year, I want to end up with this as where I'm headed, and I want to feel like it was a really graceful year getting there. So how can I walk my way back? How can I paint a watercolor map of what? this season looks like. And then we want to get number six into our short-term goals. So we take that process of the path in the journal and we break it into steps and priorities. What are we doing one month at a time? What are our open projects? And we get really specific with what do we have on our plate? What are we moving forward with? So we really can say, what am I doing this week, today, etc.? And I think that more than ever in this season, we need short-term wins we need to feel like we accomplished something. We checked it off. I've shared on Instagram stories how I started making these big fat marker lists. (laughs) That's my technical term for them. I mean, I just opened up a medium-sized journal, medium-sized pages, and I have a big old felt marker, and I would just write in really big block letters so that I could only put a handful of things on a page. I would skip lines, and I'd be like, okay, things I can do today. Float in the pool. Go for a walk. Read a nonfiction book. These are just a list of things that I could do today that would bring me joy, that would be play and pleasure. And look, look at what I accomplished. I went for a walk. Check it off the list. (laughs) I mean, and the number of you that have been like, oh my gosh, that really helped me because I realized I was one of my sorority sisters DM'd me and said, "Um, I just put on there like getting my preschooler set up for a Zoom call. And I didn't previously have that on my list, but that was something I got to do during the day and just... Writing this stuff down, I checked it off and it was like, yep, made something else happen. And I think so many of us, we have guilt at what we aren't doing. I did that episode on productivity guilt during quarantine, another one that I will link below. And man, did y'all share and reshare and reshare for weeks on Instagram stories about that episode. Because we so feel this weight of feeling somehow like we are not doing enough in this season. So I think it can be incredibly helpful to keep track of what we are doing. I mean, just yesterday I said to Jeremy, I just, I don't really feel like I did much. I mean, I did this and this and this and this. And I sort of paused and he's like, uh, that sounds like you did a lot. I was like, yeah, now that I say it out loud, it does sound like more than it felt like. And I just was having a day where I was feeling disappointed in myself, like I hadn't done much. And then once I verbal processed the list to him, I realized I sound ridiculous to myself. Girl, you did a lot today. And he's like, that sounds like you did a lot. So maybe that's adding it up. Maybe it's actually keeping a running list if here's all the things that I did this week. But honestly, for me, it's just on the daily. On the daily is those small wins. Did I do today well? That feels more important as the days bleed together and the anxiety is higher and we may only know in the short term. So what can we do in the short term? I no longer can. Months ago, I could plan out my year and my six months and my three months and I could be fairly confident about it and I could just kind of look at my whole quarter. But now that that is hard, nine months, six months, three months. Yeah, friend, I, I really don't know. I don't, I don't know when I'm going home. I'm not sure why that makes me choked up. It's just a lot, right? I don't know what the next three months hold. I'm not used to not knowing that. And neither are you. We, we, we're we pretty together people, right? Like we got our ish together. We know how to plan for the next three months. We're not a total hot mess. Well, I don't know what the next three months is. I know I got three weeks in Arizona. Okay, I know I've got a summer. I know I've got a summer where I'm not traveling internationally. I know that. <laughs> okay, so what can I do with that? The short term is all that we have. So it's getting even more short term. Since I can't plan three months, I'm going to plan three weeks. And within that, I'm going to plan every single day at a time. And I don't mean I'm going to plan out all the days. I just mean I'm going to celebrate. yes. Today, short term goals. So I shouldn't say, I shouldn't use the word plan. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to check it off the list. I'm going to accomplish one day at a time. My short term goals just got so much shorter. A short term goal is no longer what I'm doing this month, it's what I'm doing this week. In the next three days, it is what I'm doing today. And finally, number seven is in three years, what will I regret? In three years, what will I regret? And that sounds negative, but but to me it is not negative. It actually helps me take the pressure off because I look at, okay, in three years, am I going to regret that we paid for these Airbnbs in Arizona? You know, we're paying double rent in this season. Our rent in New York City is very expensive and we chose to stay in, in nice, nice-ish places. I mean, to me it doesn't feel that nice, but you know, we could have stayed in cheaper places. We we chose a budget where I said to Jeremy, I want to choose something that I don't think three years from now we're gonna look back and regret that we don't have that money because we spent it in this time. I think we're gonna be like, yeah, that was a it was a lot of money to spend, but it gave us safety and sanity and happiness And, uh, no, it's not going to be that big of a deal three years from now. I don't want, I didn't want to make a decision where I would look back and be like, yeah, I really, I just kind of went into like a rash, panicky decision and I was not in a good place. And I just like, I don't know, I was wildly overspending and like, I really should have reined that in. So that's what I looked at it. Not in the moment of, does this feel like a lot right now? Because guys, everything feels like a lot right now. You know, like there's so much up in the air. Everything feels pressure filled. So I go back to where we started seven steps ago, three, three years out, in three years, am I going to regret this amount of money? In the grand scheme of my life, am I going to? No. Am I, three years from now, am I going to regret that I didn't spend quarter two and this time in Arizona writing my book? No. I can see that this wasn't the energy that was right for writing this book. Am I going to regret that I didn't do more in quarter two while I was in Arizona? No. I mean, honestly, put yourself three years from now looking back at present you. And, like, girl, that was an anxiety fueled once in a generation pandemic. It was a lot. (laughs) You did great. Go listen to that episode on the fact that you did great. You did great during that time. I don't blame you for that. I'm really proud of the way that you handled that. But in this moment, I can go into so much shame and regret and disappointment, right? About what I'm not making happen and what I thought I was going to do at the beginning of this pandemic and what other people are doing, what I think I should be doing. I'm going to link a few of these questions below along with the outline of these seven things that I would highly encourage you to journal on about, will I regret anything I spent money on in this season? Am I spending on things that are keeping me safe or that are bringing me joy or actually am I just bored and I'm really over investing am I panicked in some way or am I investing in things that 3 years from now I'm going to look back and be like no that moved your life and your business forward am I going to regret anything I spent time on this season will I look back and be like I just I watched a bunch of TV I don't know, maybe you'll be fine with that. Or maybe you'll be like, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't really. Or am I going to look back and be like, I just, I rested? You know what? That was a healthy, beautiful season. I never got that time and I did that. Will I regret anyone that I didn't talk to more? I know I was going through a lot, but my best friend was single and she was living alone. And I do regret it. I feel like I could have been a better friend. And so I, I'm, I'm going to start making that effort. Not with everyone, but just with her. I feel like I was, was really focused on the fact that I got my kids home from school, but I, I could see regretting that three years from now. Will I regret anything I didn't do more in this season? What really, three years from now, will you regret that you didn't do more? Cause I have a feeling it's not a lot of the things we're probably putting pressure on ourselves for right now. Are you really going to look back and be like, Ugh, "I just failed myself by not meditating more during that season"? Probably not, <laughs> um, unless you think I, I did have this this open time and opportunity and. I I do wish that I had made some more choices, you know, to kind of grow in personal development. I don't know what it is for you, but I think it's a beautiful place to look at who you are three years from now and looking back. Because I imagine that you are being harder on yourself now than you will be in that future you. We just want it to be over. We are just counting the days and trying to rush through, or we're just trying to be numb in order to survive our way through. And... I do personally want to be proud of how I was in this season, both gracefully, like really small things, like how I talked to more people during the season, uh, including my mom. I, have, I I I'm I'm proud that I'm talking to my mom more in this season, and I'm I've I had that aha that we talked about in the style episode about buzziness, and I, I realize like that's something that I realize is important to me in my life, and I'm proud that that that's a, a takeaway that I have out of this. For me, I'm proud that I'm not watching a ton of television, and I'm not just I don't know I'm not doing something mindless. So I guess I'm doing more puzzles while listening to podcasts, but. Podcasts make me feel good. I mean, they're I'm learning some things and, and a puzzle's good for my brain. So yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna beat myself up for it. So it's really gentle things to me that we went and watched the sunset in the desert, that I t- took a lot of walks because it was something that I knew I wasn't gonna be able to do in New York. I-, I wanna be proud of myself in this season, but in this really graceful way. So can you find that balance where you are proud of yourself three years from now? in gentle ways not putting all of this pressure and expectation on yourself it's simply that you were awake you were awake during this season and you were really gracious and gentle during this season and i wonder how can we be awake and present and and in this present moment and aware daily but also really gentle with the fact that we are going through a pandemic and this does not need to be the Productivity Olympics. So I told my Elegant Excellence Mastermind students from the beginning of this coronavirus when we first started strategizing about it as business owners, focus on three years and three months because everything in between is unsure. But we can still know where we want to go, who we want to be three years from now in our lives, and we can look at the very short term to see what our options are and pivot adjust, focus on what matters really in this present moment, as long as it doesn't derail us from the three years. If it gets us behind on the one-year plans, no sweat. If we don't hit our 18-month goals, no worries. Because it wasn't us. It was life. Would you be beating yourself up if you had some horrible death in your life in this season? No, it would Change your plans though. And this has changed everything. And I think we, myself included, uh, can really struggle with beating ourselves up with that. Or we are pouting and spiraling about the fact that it is happening, which we are completely allowed. No shame or judgment. You can kick and scream and cry about the fact that this was going to be your year and you had these plans and you keep getting derailed and you had just overcome this other thing in your life. And this is so cosmically unfair and you have it worse than everyone else. Oh, get it all out. Again, no judgment and shame. And then go listen to the podcast episode two weeks ago, I think it was now, on the wand. Because the circumstance, if you haven't listened to that episode, it'll make sense when you do. But the circumstance line is our schedule, our time. It is neutral. A circumstance is always neutral. Even coronavirus is neutral. Our thoughts are what comes next. And that is not dismissing that this is big and heavy for so many people. But I watch my colleague, Amanda, who I talked about in the Third Circle Grief episode, whose husband is still in the ICU, I think it's a month and a half now, with coronavirus, healthy 41. And I watch what her thoughts are. Her circumstance, I mean, gosh, you could say that is not neutral. Nick is in the hospital and this is horrible and devastating and unfair and terrifying. But the circumstances he's in the hospital and those words I just described, those are actual thoughts she could be having about it. I'm sure she is at times. But I also see that her thoughts are We can pray about this. We are going to celebrate what the small wins are, what a blessing this community of Instagram that has risen up around us is. I can advocate for awareness about the coronavirus. I can research physical therapy for my husband when he gets home. I can plan our home renovation around his new physical disabilities. I can keep my business moving to provide for my family. And I am sure that there are dark and hopeless and overwhelming thoughts that she is having as well. And I would be as well and you would be as well. She is not a robot or an angel or perfect, but she is changing the game plan and rolling with the shifts every day. And we all are in our own way and we all can in this season. And I will say, you know, if nothing else, friend, we will never forget 2020 and what we did this year. I mean, we thought it was going to be a memorable year because of the whole, you know, 2020 kind of big round number sort of thing. But yeah, we had no idea. We will be 98, however far off that is for you listening today. And we will sure, sure gosh darn remember what 2020 was. We are not, no one's going to ask you, what were you doing in 2020? You're going to go, 2020. Gosh, I would have been how old, Um, honey? What were we doing that year? No, we're gonna remember, just like you did in you know nineteen thirty-three or September eleven or all of those dates. So, if I can help make your twenty twenty better. For the circumstances we've have turned up, I would love to do that with the Elegant Excellence Journal for the few that we have that are linked below with my new product. If you want to get on the waiting list for that, also linked below, and with whatever else it is we discuss, right back here, same time, same place, next Wednesday with Grace and Gumption. Oh, wait! One more thing. Don't miss this before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is driving a car. I shared something about this on my Instagram stories. My colleague Jenna replied, I'm shook. And I was like, I don't understand. What are you shook by? uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what I said. She was like, my whole life is in the car. I don't even understand what you're saying right now. You don't drive a car normally. And the story was that Jeremy had never seen me drive a car. We've been together for three and a half years now. He'd never seen me drive a car because we don't have one in New York, and we love ha- not having one in New York. Almost no one does. It's a pain to park, and you never need one. And I lost my driver's license soon after we started dating, and so even when we've gone on trips or we've gone home to visit my parents, I, I it wasn't worth it for me to get the license. I had, it had expired. It was a whole long thing. I had to go to the DMV, and I never really use it anyways. So he, when we were together, because also we were dating, whenever I did need to rent one traveling, he just rented it, and he. Drove. So we saw me drive for the first time. (laughs) And some of my friends were just like, I who live outside the city were like, I cannot believe that this is happening. But I'm really loving driving. And to some of you, again, you live your whole lives in the car and you're just not realizing some of the magic that is just motion. Maybe you're realizing it these days, actually. I barely move, I barely leave the the house and the vicinity and I just I don't walk as much. I don't I'm not in motion. Even in New York I'm in cars, I'm in Ubers. I'm not even in a car. And so we don't have a car here. We rented one on the weekends and we Did it like maybe once a month when we were initially here and now it's kind of become an every weekend thing because it's like, oh my gosh, actually, this is amazing. This feels so worth it financially to rent it for the weekend because I'm in motion after not really being able to move all week. It's freedom. We can get further from our neighborhood than I can walking or biking, especially now that it's a gabillion degrees heat here and I can't bike very far. Uh, We listen to music, which we just don't really do at home. I don't know, maybe you do in your house, but we listen to music when we're driving, which is the only time really that I do that. Uh, Jeremy and I have different conversation when we are driving in the car than when we're at home. We're just, you know, there for a set period of time and we, neither of us have headphones in that are doing anything. We've been driving around seeing houses, which you've been loving on my Instagram stories as I've been sharing these beautiful neighborhoods that we've been going through and just filming the outsides of these houses. It's just, it's a free thing to do that is pretty aesthetics. And we talk about the pros and the cons and which kind of houses we like best and which kind of houses we would want to live in, which granted, we don't want to live in the suburbs. But if we could move that house to uh, to the south of France, which of these houses might we want? And as you also seen on Instagram stories, we've been finding those little local libraries. Which again, something free, books that I'm borrowing, books that I'm I'm putting back, easy way to not spend money. We've gone through drive-throughs. I shared that on my Instagram. We went to Chick-fil-A. A couple people got real upset that I went to Chick-fil-A because they don't agree with their politics for me, eating a chicken sandwich is not a political statement. It's just eating a chicken sandwich. We don't have Chick-fil-A in New York. Uh, we don't have drive throughs in New York. So that was a novel thing to get to go and do. Uh, you know, Jeremy cooks a lot of hamburgers, so we didn't want to get hamburgers, so that left chicken, and I was just really craving a chicken sandwich. Um, but I think it's so funny because so many of you likely come to my city, New York City, to do new things, and here I am in your suburbs, since the majority of you live in the suburbs, have this like, you know, new experience that I'm choosing to feel really excited about. And I do not want a car in the city or ideally even have to live someplace where we need one period. Even if we move, I would love to be living in a walkable city, but I will miss it. And who knows? This could be The most that Jeremy and I drive in a car together for many years in our marriage. And uh, so what I am loving lately is just doing something that is simple, that does not seem like this grand pleasure in life, but is novel for us and we are seeing with fresh eyes. We are appreciating things in it that we took for granted before or we didn't value as much before, But under this new circumstance, it's something where we say, you know what, let's do this more often while we can, because someday we are going to be back in New York City. Someday coronavirus is going to be over. Um, what, whatever this someday scenario is, is sooner or different for some of us than others. But someday this will be over. And what's a thing that will have been nice about this season that may not be present in our future reality? So I would love to hear if there is something like that that is coming up for you. Come leave a comment under my latest Instagram post, whatever it is. I've been replying to all of those comments uh, recently while I am pandemic and I just absolutely love conversing with you and continuing that dialogue over there. So I will see you over on Instagram. And if you have just a second before you click over to swipe up and hit five stars, you don't even have to leave a review. But even if you would just hit the five stars, it goes ahead and registers it as a review. And that would mean so much to me as thanks for this and all of the episodes to help pay it forward and help someone else stumble upon this episode. So thank you, my dear. You are welcome in advance for what we've got coming up next week and happening over on Instagram in the meantime. Till next Wednesday.